Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Mindful Recovery. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you recover from trauma and addictions, one breath at a time. I just want to remind you before we get started today that this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you are dealing with trauma, if you are dealing with addictions, these are serious issues and you need to be in the office with a professional. And if you can't find one, please do call us. If you're in Missouri, we have services we can offer you or we can help you find someone or coach you through until you can find someone, no matter where you are. So today I want to continue our three-part series on connection by looking at loss of connection. Last week, Johan Hari talked about his new book and how those lost connections can be at the root of depression and that reconnecting can pull us out of that depression and grief, um, which I strongly agree with. And, you know, if that's a, an abbreviation of his book, so listen to the episode for a fuller discussion. But today I want to talk about anticipatory grief. And what that means essentially is we know this loss is coming. There's an impending divorce, the death of a loved one. We know this is coming. How do we prepare for that? Specifically today, I'm going to talk about the impending loss by death of a loved one. This is an issue that's been coming up more in my office and one that I'm going to talk about today from a very personal perspective. And then at the end, we're going to do everybody's favorite bit and a mindfulness exercise, just 10 or 15 minutes really meant to help you hold that space and make sure that we're doing everything we can to prepare for that loss and that we are embracing those moments ahead of the loss in preparation. So that said, sit back, get yourself a cup of coffee if you don't have one, pause this recording and prepare to do another deep dive today with me about death and dealing with that, the loss of loved ones in our lives. All right, so hopefully you've gotten your coffee, you're settled in, and we can start to talk about this topic. And I chose this topic, death, because it is one that is coming in my own life. I am facing the loss of my father. He suffers with Parkinson's disease and is one of the lucky individuals who also ends up with the Parkinson's-driven dementia that can go along with it. And we're not going to discuss the disease or the mechanisms of that. Maybe in a later episode we can. Today what I want to do is talk about being able to embrace the loss that we know is coming. And I want to be very honest and say this right up front. Knowing it's coming, even though I have probably another year or two with my father, knowing that it's coming and being able to embrace that space and leave nothing on the table, say what I need to say, will not save me from the pain of the loss. I suspect it will not lessen the pain of the loss that much. And so I want to be very clear about that. We're not talking today about the way to save myself from the pain 
of grief or loss. I don't feel that that's a possibility. But what I can do is stay fully aware and present through that process and learn as much from it as I can, as it has to offer me. And that really is all of the difference. It's the difference between kind of falling blindly through this and not learning from it and being able to stay completely aware and awake through this process. And like I said, leave nothing unsaid, nothing on the table and really get from it the deepening and the richening of connection before the loss. And I think that makes all of the difference for us in how we transition through this grief process. So one of the first things I want to talk about is that, you know, part of addiction, part of numbing out is that we are pain avoidant. We're trying to avoid what what really is inevitable, and that is the pain of whatever it is, in this case, the loss, right? And we and we know from experience, if if we've been using substances and we've recovered from that, that it never really worked. It was a temporary numbing. But in addition to numbing out the pain for that temporary time, I was creating suffering in my life and the lives of others, right? And often, I was delaying or avoiding entirely the connection that I could have made, the good things too. I was numbing out the joy, the love, the compassion that could have been had in those moments in in avoidance of the pain. And so we've talked in other episodes about the importance of embracing the pain and learning to live in the suck and understand that I can do this, right? And I think that that's a lot of the importance of this anticipatory grief of being able to start the grieving process before someone has actually left us. Whether that's divorce or it's death or whatever it is, we need to start that process of making that loss real before it gets here so that when it does get here, it's a little easier to manage. It's not going to be easy by any means. It's still going to be incredibly painful. This is the space that when I, I speak with clients, I talk about, you know, the secret to life really is is knowing that occasionally life is going to kick me squarely in the crotch and that I can survive that. And every time I survive one of those painful transitions, one of those experiences, I build my resilience to the next time because life is going to do this occasionally. It's going to cause us pain. It has to, right? It's the only way we knew the connection was real is that we experience pain when it's gone. And when we sit and think logically about it, I don't think any of us would make that trade. I would give up my time with my father. I would give up my time with my loved one if it meant I didn't have to feel pain. Not not in a million years. The other thing I think that we can take from this experience is the opportunity to leave nothing unsaid. And I think that becomes extremely important. Being able to say what we need to say to these individuals, whether that is an act of forgiveness or just an expression of love 
or whatever it is, leaving nothing on that table undone that will create in us regret and more pain after the loss. In moving through this transition and into the actual loss, I think we actually have to also look at those stages of grief that Kubler-Ross talked about. So let's spend just a few seconds covering those if we can and understand that this is not these aren't linear stages. I'm not going to move from one to the next to the next. And certain ones in this kind of pre-loss period are going to be more important than others. So the stages essentially are this. They're denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And some days you're going to go through those in a fairly linear way. Like, oh no, they're not going to die. They're going to live forever. And other days you're going to be really pissed off. Why does this have to happen to them, right? I've been going through that a lot myself lately. My father has Parkinson's and the dementia is taking away his faculties, his ability to do just basic math. And this is a man who is a brilliant statistics guy, taught economics at a university for 35 years. And now I have to figure the tip on checks for him because it's become so advanced in so many ways. That's a very angry kind of thing for me sometimes, right? To watch that happening. Other times bargaining, a lot of us with religious faith, right? We have a tendency to want to say, okay, God, you you just give me an extra 10 years with them and, and I'll be a priest the rest of my days, right? That doesn't work, right? Bargaining is not an effective, but it's, it's out of our desperation, our need to make this work, right? Depression can result. We become extremely depressed facing these losses, right? And then finally, at some point, we begin to reach acceptance, and we begin to realize, okay, this is going to happen. And acceptance is a really, really important part of our growth here in this pre-loss stage. Because acceptance can help us to embrace the loss and prepare for the loss. And acceptance can help us begin moving through the grief before we really get to its deepness and fullness and the loss actually happens. So, the problem is that we hit acceptance and then we can go back to denial. Oh, no, I don't know what I was thinking. He's going to live forever, right? And that's okay. But understanding these stages before we hit them is going to help us go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm feeling down and this is what I'm dealing with today. And this is this depression stage and I can get through this, right? The other thing that we really need to do in this time is not wait until the divorce or the loss of our loved one to reach out to friends and increase supportive connections around us. When we are in that stage of acceptance, I know this is going to happen. It sucks. I wish I could change it, but I need to prepare for it. That's the time that we want to reach out to friends, to other connections that can be there for us and really rely on them to help us hold that space if we don't have friends like that, it's time to get involved in some groups and try and find some friends like that because we all need them. We need those connections to get us through. So I would encourage you to just Google Kubler-Ross stages of grief. And it's K-U-B-L-E-R, by the way. And just look that up and really get to know what those stages are. 
and and kind of recognize them as we move through this anticipatory grief phase, right? As we're moving towards this loss. And that's going to help us really kind of prepare. And the better prepared we are, the easier we can make it for those around us. And I want to talk specifically in this case about children. So many of us have kids, especially with teenagers, who watch us. How do I handle this? And they see how I'm handling it, right? And so if I can show my children that, yes, it's painful, but I'm going to accept the pain. I'm going to take that and I'm going to move with it because I want to move into this space and experience this stage of life with my loved one and with those children so that when it comes my time and they are facing that same loss, then they have seen the way that we want to deal with that. They've seen and experienced how we can make that easier. And that is going to make it easier for them. Because two things we know are inevitable, taxes and death. And we can help them cross that final bridge with us when it comes our time. None of us like to think about that. That's the big secret. The denial is the strong part. Oh, it'll never happen. I'm not going to have to deal with it. I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist. Except it doesn't wait for us. It comes anyway. And so the question becomes, how am I going to meet it? Am I going to meet it head on? Whether it's my final chapter or the final chapter of a loved one, can I meet it in a way that allows me to experience it fully and suck the marrow of that last opportunity to live? This is our last moment with that person or our last moments in this lifetime, this experience, whatever comes after we can't say, but we're pretty damn sure we don't get this again. Can we experience every moment of that? Because that's fully living. I love what Rumi said. He said, every mortal will taste death, but only some will taste life. Can we embrace that last bit of life, which means also embracing the pain that offers? Can we do that? And in doing that, can we teach our children how to do that? Can we teach them in that space of acceptance how important every moment becomes? Not just when we're facing a loss, right? This is also how we teach them in divorce, I feel. this We teach them that this is a terrible thing, but we can survive it. And we can survive it in a loving and embracing way. It does not have to be the end. Even death is not the end. Another quote from Rumi is, Death has nothing to do with going away. The sun sets, the moon sets, but they're not gone. You see, this ending does not mean a disappearance. And how we meet that ending is going to color how we remember when they're not around, whether it's divorce or death, 
how we meet that end is going to color everything for us and for our children and for those around us from that point on. And so it becomes very, very important that we learn again to embrace this moment, this painful moment that has been offered us, out of which can grow an amazing awareness of life and love and what we still have. So with that thought, you're beginning to hear the music start. And I would like to take some of these thoughts into just a quiet space if you're dealing with these things now or you feel like you're facing them. I mean, we're all going to face them at some point. So just get yourself relaxed. Take a few minutes to breathe and center yourself. Allow yourself to find that comfortable center, maybe rock back and forth a little bit until you find that kind of perfectly aligned position. And begin to focus on your breath, the easy count in one, two, three, and the gentle out, three, two, one. Just allowing our breath to slow slightly and be at a normal pace for us. Notice if there's stress anywhere in your body. And on your next breath out, allow that to fade and drain into the seat below you, into the ground beneath your feet. And I want you to spend a few minutes asking yourself if there's a loss that you're facing that you need to be preparing for, that you're avoiding. If there is a connection that is fading that you need to reach out and remake. If there is a place where you have been, instead of meeting life head on, dwelling in the shadows of fear, you to envision yourself challenging these spaces, learning to hold that discomfort and pain without allowing it to overwhelm you. What would you say to these people? How would you make repair? How would you make accountability known? How would you move into this next phase of relationship and connection? And I want you to spend just the next five to seven minutes listening to your breath. If it becomes overwhelming and creates anxiety, we just return to the breath and focusing on the body and releasing the tension. And then we can come back to this visualization and the realization of what is before us and what we need to cope with.
And now I want you to slowly return to your breath. Are you feeling anxiety anywhere from this exercise, any tension? Just let all of that release in the next out breath. Focus on the rise and fall of your chest and your lungs. Feel the life return to your body and your awareness come back. You might want to wiggle your fingers and your toes and become more aware of the environment around you and begin to return to your present moment and open your eyes and kind of try and keep a hold of this awareness that you found in this mindfulness exercise in this moment. How did you find that? Was there anything surprising in that exercise? Anything that left you uncomfortable, anxious? Those are places we want to return to, believe it or not. We're all about kind of embracing the sucky places, right? So that we can learn to grow. Because only being able to face those uncomfortable things, only being able to embrace those, oh my God, here it comes moments, is going to leave us clear of them enough healed from them enough to fully embrace the joy. And that's my next point in talking about connection and loss of connection. We talked about preparing for that loss by connecting to other people. But one of the things that can happen when we face loss, divorce, or death is that it makes us bitter and angry and unwilling to connect again. Fearful of connecting because eventually we will lose. Often this heals with time, but I have known people who become entirely reclusive and decide, you know, it's just much easier to live on my own and not be connected with people from this point forward. Don't allow that to happen. Go back to this mindful space. Keep working on embracing those difficult parts so that we stay open to the next available connection, to the connections that we still have in our lives, so that we don't lose everything for fear of losing again. Ah. <sighs> important episode today, I feel. At least it has been in my life recently. I hope that you have found some healing in it too. Before we end today's episode, I want to remind you that if you need help with any of these things, if you are grieving, if you need a good grief counselor, please reach out. Feel free to shoot me an email at robert at liferecoveryconsulting.org. Or even go to Psychology Today and look for a counselor that specializes in grief and let them help you get through this process. And don't wait until the loss has happened. Right? This anticipatory grief is a very real process also. And we can begin the grieving of the loss at this point and it will help us get through the actual loss. Because we will have been able to say what we needed to say. We will not have to carry those regrets into that next stage. So if you are struggling with this, 
especially if you are recovering from addictions and it is pushing those craving buttons, then reach out and get help. I want to encourage you to keep doing your own mindfulness practice, working towards healing in that manner too. Um, And I may have some upcoming workshops going on before long online so that we can practice together and learn how to deepen some of those meditation moments. If you're interested in that kind of thing, please do shoot me an email and let me know. And next week, we're going to move on and I'm going to have an author on to talk about loss and her loss and how we cope with that loss. So a little bit more grief work and moving through pain and learning to embrace those painful moments, to lean into them. It doesn't mean that we welcome them joyfully. We just kind of are, ah, God, this is going to hurt, but I know I can get through it phase, right? Thank you for being with me this week. And so with the sound of the music, you know we've come to the end of another week's episode of Mindful Recovery. I want to thank you for being here with me. And remember, Mindful Recovery is the podcast dedicated to helping you recover from your trauma and addictions, one breath at a time.